just finished recording a new song. I I wonder if I'll get accused of culturally appropriating. Yeah, I'll I'll play it at the end of the episode, but it has a Chinese instrument called a a guzing 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 something like that, but it's 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 a uh, it's called house beat huaihen huaihen, which is Chinese for garden. So house beat garden. It's it's pretty good. It's it's okay. It's cute. But yeah, that's what I was doing for the last hour. Also, I got my oil changed. For shit, I was like a thousand miles overdue. That's not good. I don't do that very often. I'm usually pretty good at getting to my oil, but um. Yeah, I finally got it done. Cost me fucking 100 bucks. I They put some synthetic stuff in there that should make it last longer. So instead of every 3,000 miles, it should be like 5,000 or so. I hope that's the case Ooh, for paying that much for oil. But yeah, everything is good. I'm still kind of off in terms of putting out an episode uh i'm recording this today as it is posted you'll find out later you'll find you'll get to it later i drank seven coors light seltzers last night and after that i chugged some powerade and ate a whole pizza but i woke up hungover i think i'm finally my threshold is beginning to weaken uh, referring to my my ability to wake up without a hangover. It's getting more and more so. But I I had some Burger King breakfast after my oil change, and everything was good after that. It was all nice. My hangover's pretty much gone. But I hate that I'm finally having them. It was never an issue for most of my beer-drinking days. I started drinking, I was about 15 when I started drinking. I, I, I'm guessing that's pretty standard for, for a lot of people. It's usually like 15 to 18. Some people don't start drinking until college, but I grew up in a small town where drinking was the only thing you could do. I had to find people who were old enough to buy beer to get me beer. And you always had to, like, pay a little extra to have them go through the trouble. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was, I was about 15 when I started drinking. And I, I, I feel like I remember my first time getting drunk. It was at a friend's house. We were around the fire. I wish I could use their names, but I haven't. I haven't talked to them about it, so I just won't. But it'd be fun if I could use their names. It'd be a lot more easy. Or if we could all just talk about it together. That'd be nice. But I was at a friend's house, 
It was a few of us. We were around a bonfire. And I had, I think, 11 Coors Lights. 11. As a 15-year-old, that is... That's that's overdoing it a little bit. But I remember waking up fresh and rejuvenated. But that night, I was hammered, man. I was... I was feeling it. And I'm pretty sure that was my first time getting drunk. I've had opportunities before to get drunk, but... Um, I, I, uh, I didn't like the taste, so I didn't want to do it. It was, I had nothing about, it wasn't anything about like the fear of getting caught or anything. It was just, I hated the taste of beer. So I just didn't mess with it. But then around 15, I was like, fuck it. We're getting drunk. And it worked like a charm. Did exactly what it was supposed to do. I think I was like trying to climb a fence or something and my friend had to stop me. I was, you know, I was doing stupid things. I, re- I don't remember, like I remember thinking this is dumb what I'm doing right now. This is stupid, but I'm doing it anyway. I think a lot of it was just me trying to be funny. As a 15-year-old, I would just do things because it would make for a good laugh. Because in my head, I, I knew full well what I was doing. There was no... I feel like that's a, like a misconception about getting drunk. Like, people know what they're doing. They know that they're getting into something they probably shouldn't be doing. But their their ability to care diminishes. And that's what I felt. Because I, I used to have the thought that, oh, when you're drunk, you, you don't really know what you're doing. No, you know full fucking well what you're doing. I mean, for me, I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like that's the case. You can, you can perfectly articulate what you're about to get into. So I, I think it's more about just not caring that you're about to get into it. I think that's the issue. With getting drunk. But yeah, all through high school, I pretty much drank and would get high. I started getting high a little too early in life. Even like, looking back, I wish I would have been introduced to weed and alcohol like right now in my life. 25, as my prefrontal cortex is just finishing developing and that that's a good time you don't want to start all the narcotics whenever your brain is still forming you know but they say 25 give or take three years is about when your brain is finished forming like your prefrontal cortex is fully developed um yes it feels about right But, yeah, I started getting high a little bit after I started smoking. uh, A little bit after I started drinking beer. It was maybe a year and a half or so. But, yeah, the weed, it was kind of a problem, I'll admit. Because when you're that young, 
you don't really know how to self-regulate. And, and with weed, you know, I was, as I was getting into it, I was learning about it, you know, reading about it and figuring out that you can't die from it. You can maybe have a psychotic break if you're susceptible to schizophrenia or something. But you can't die from it. And uh, so, uh, and technically you can't get addicted to it. In a, in a sense. But if you tell yourself that, then you just kind of keep doing it. And you're like, oh, I can... I, I can't get addicted, even though I'm doing it every day. You can't get addicted in, in the sense that you'll get withdrawals. Well, you... So, whenever, you, whenever you're a frequent pot smoker and you quit after a while, uh, you do have pretty intense dreams for a little bit. <clears throat> and maybe that is a form of withdrawal, but... That's a very benign form. I remember whenever I went to Alaska for two and a half months to go f- commercial fishing. I didn't. I never smoked weed the whole time I was there, but I was smoking weed pretty frequently before I left. And I remember having these intense bear dreams, like getting attacked by a brown bear because he couldn't find salmon or something, and I kept getting mauled. <clears throat> it wasn't an ongoing dream, but it happened a couple times. There's a another dream in Alaska, because where I was, there's these uh, puddle jumper planes that would always fly over us. And I started having dreams of these planes dropping bombs on us. <laughs> so maybe dreams after you're done smoking weed is a, a type of withdrawal. I couldn't really elaborate further than that. But that's what I remember. And most of the dreams are pretty are pretty not scary, but they are intense. You know, you can they're very vivid. <clears throat> but yeah, in high school, particularly junior year, I would say, was when I got a little too dependent on weed. That's probably not a good way to put it. I was just, I I didn't really know how to, I didn't know it was becoming an issue until it was an issue, you know, where I was just kind of only doing that. I, I kind of stopped going to parties, which I guess people would say, like, it's kind of good, I guess, but for the wrong reason. But I would just rather get high and hang out and think about things. That kind of always seemed like my my energy level before that anyway. Used to, I would go to parties kind of as, kind of for, because of social pressure. I never really wanted to go, but I would always get bitched at by my friends. Like, come on, live your life, have a life. And ah, fuck you guys, okay. But, um. Yeah, after a while, I, I felt like maybe I should start going to parties again just to start socializing and stuff. I'm getting high too much. So I kind of laid off, and senior year was a lot better. Um, still smoked, just learned how to regulate it more. 
and I've more or less have been smoking. You know, it's a little hard to do that in Utah, but there's ways. But again, I, I do wish I started a little later in life because I I do credit weed with a lot of a lot of my thoughts, like profound thoughts. A lot of I've had a lot of epiphanies on weed. And I get annoyed whenever people say, like, oh, I don't need drugs to, to find myself or something. But, sure, but oh, there's this quote by the Buddha or somebody. He was, some dude was talking about, it's a, it's a fake story, it's a fiction, but it basically it goes, yeah, I've spent the last 20 years learning how to walk on water from to get from this side of the bridge to the other side. And basically the Buddha is, okay, that's well and good, but you know the ferry is just a nickel. And that's kind of what I feel about weed. You know, you don't need to just... It doesn't have to take you 20 years to find yourself. You can smoke a little pot, do a little mushrooms, and it'll show up pretty damn quickly. And if you're having a bad trip, it kind of means, usually it means you're there's something in your life you're not confronting. And it, it forces you to kind of work through it. So even a bad trip is a, is a good trip. But, but also people will say, yeah, um, but you're just experiencing that because you're high. Yeah, but the experience is still real. Like, whether or not you're sober high, like, that's a, a real experience that does stick with you after you're done. And so, yeah, you can have some profound moments under the influence, and it'll stick with you. There's therapists who use MDMA to help troubled married couples. And for those who don't know, MDMA is the primary component in ecstasy or molly. And they, yeah. And I can say with experience, <laughs> I, uh, man, I don't know if I should say this, but uh, I took molly with this girl. And we talked about it because we weren't necessarily compatible. I mean, we had we 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 liked each other enough, but we do think that cuz we took Molly together fairly early in our relationship, but we do credit that for how long our relationship lasted. Cuz throughout the relationship, we kind of before we took the Molly the way we perceived each other was a not as it was kind of watered down compared to how we looked at each other after the Molly, and it it lasted a long time. Uh, this was in Oregon, where shit is decriminalized, and but yeah, it was it's a potent drug, and that that word drug is very loaded. I've always had the philosophy that everything's a drug. I know I've said this before, 
but everything really is a drug. And if you know how to self-regulate, no one should tell you that you can't do something. And that goes with everything. And I, and I do mean everything. Like, what about meth, John? Yes, even meth. I'm not one to do it. Uh, I think I would be a little too hypersensitive. But uh, a lot of the paranoia with these drugs come from the fact that it's illegal. And uh, whenever you hear stories about people just being freaked out and paranoid, yeah, it's because they think they're going to get fucking arrested. And uh, that's a big contributor to high anxiety with these drugs. And it kind of gets overlooked. But me personally, I don't think I would ever do meth. If it was like medical grade methamphetamine, eh, who knows? You know, I'm, I'm not... I'm willing to dabble. And I've never really had a physical, or what do you call it, an addictive personality. I've never really had a problem with physical addictions. Most of my addictions have been physiological. Kind of like most people, like love and porn. You know, like mentally stimulating stuff, but not physically stimulating, at least for me. And I have done a few substances to really test that hypothesis. And, uh, but yeah. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> but yeah, I wish I did start weed a little later in life. Uh, I don't think it made me lazy or anything. There just was a particular time where it was kind of, it was my only leisure time. You know, when I could have been just hanging out or driving around, eh, I'll just get high. It wasn't a it wasn't a problem in terms of getting things done. And that's that's where drugs can be a problem. If you if you start doing them and it gets in the way of your priorities, of your tasks, of your daily chores, that's an issue. And I've never had an issue with that. I would still get things done and all that good stuff. There's just a particular time where whenever I was done for the day, that's what I would do. I would just get high. Oh. But I I'm, I don't really get high a whole lot these days. Unless it's like long and I'm not doing anything. Whenever If I do... It's at the end of the day, maybe around 8 to 9 o'clock, and I've just read, I just coded, and I just want to chill. I just want to get ready for bed and just get a little high. Nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of people in my life who still have this stigmatization of weed, and that's, that's, that still baffles me about the weed argument, you know? There's still people who think it's just going to ruin your life. And it's so silly. It really is. I mean, there are valid criticisms of pot, particularly with people who, like I said, are susceptible to schizophrenia. It is not friendly for those kinds of people. But, you know, it's about 
your threshold. You're like, what's your limit? Know yourself. Edibles. This is why things need to be legal, because you can regulate it more and have better units of measurement. But my the worst experience I've had on weed was when I took edibles. I It said to take 10 milligrams. I got a little cocky. I took 30. And uh, I had a very bad trip. I wasn't hallucinating really, but I was just stuck in my head and I could not get out of it. And that's a big problem with weed um, or any drug. Whenever you're having a bad trip, it means you're fighting it. You're trying to resist when what you're supposed to do is ride the wave, as they say. I was never one to ride the wave. I was one to hold on to the surfboard and just pray for dear life. And uh, But about halfway through, every time I would have a trip, I would usually come to accept it and have a great time. I can tell you some good drug stories. <laughs> this probably isn't best thing to be talking about. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. It's all in the past. Um, what's it called? Yeah, you're, you're really supposed to ride the wave. But drugs, you know, it's been recorded like hundreds of thousands of years. People have always used drugs. It's just very recently where it starts becoming illegal. But you can make strong arguments with a lot of religions originating through the usage of psychedelic drugs. There's a lot of sound arguments for that. A lot of historians think that Moses, when he was talking to the burning bush, was talking to the acacia bush, which is rich in DMT which is like the most powerful drug on the planet that our own brains produce, by the way. But when you burn that shit and you inhale it, you're going you're gonna to speak to God. <laughs> and it makes total sense. Otherwise, that's a lame story, talking to a burning bush. Oh, it's a bush. It's on fire. <laughs> it can talk to me. That's so lame. That's like probably the lamest story of that. But if if it's true, if he was talking to the acacia bush, which had DMT in it, that dude had a mystical experience. And he was high as a kite. That's something to consider. A lot of drugs, I mean, a lot of churches will use drugs as part of their rituals and their prayer practices and and it works. They they speak to God. They come closer to their whatever they believe in. And uh, yeah, and for someone like me who doesn't really believe in God, whenever I take mushrooms, I I'm having a mystical experience for sure. But it's kind of through my own my own psyche. And that's, that's really, honestly, that's what people, that's who people are talking to when they're praying. When they're praying, they're talking to their internal self. That's what God is. It's just, God is inside you. But if you need 
the illusion that it's this external thing that you can look ahead at, that's fine, but it's really just within you. God is really your own interpretation of what you think is moral and good in the world. That's why there's so many different interpretations of the same religion, the same following. But drugs are awesome. And I, I do hold the radical view. At least it's perceived as radical in this day and age. I do hold the view that all drugs should be legal. And places like Poland, that could be the wrong country, I don't know. There, There's a country that they had a huge drug problem, so much addiction going around, people were getting fucked up and overdosing. But they, they just said, hey, let's legalize this shit. Let's stop making people criminals for using the drugs. Let's treat them if they have a problem. And drug addiction dropped in half. The shame of doing drugs went away. Uh, you're better able to regulate the drugs and not have to worry about uh, tainted drugs. You know, a lot of drug dealers will put shit in their drugs to save money and things like that. Or they just don't know how to make it properly and they give it to you and you have a bad reaction and die. Also, you get rid of the cartel problem coming into America if you legalize drugs. That's a big... Dude, that's a big like solution right there and you'd make so much money for the country because people love drugs and you can stop filling up the prisons with so much criminals or they're labeled as criminals, there's a lot that would probably be better off. I mean, we haven't tried it, so who knows? And they say, you know, like, once you open the box, you can't really close it. But I'm, I'm willing to take that risk because what we're doing now fucking sucks. So I'm willing to just open that box, open Pandora's box, and let it loose Yeah. My my prediction is that it would be an issue like the first year because because no one knows what they're doing, you know, like not even the government, not the people. Like when Colorado first legalized weed, uh I met this doctor in Alaska and he was telling me the first year it became legal, like 90% of his patients were just people taking too much edibles. And they're freaking out. They weren't gonna die, but they're just freaking out because no one knew what the hell was going on. Like, what the? Did we just eat the whole candy bar? No, don't do that. And then after a while, people start learning. That's that's what I think will happen. At first, it'll be a little messy, a little chaotic, but then we'll we'll get a better grip on it. And there's people who will drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes and tell you they don't do drugs. Uh, they don't even understand, like, how contradictory they're being. They're, like, so blind to it. But, yeah, that's kind of... How long have I been talking? 27 minutes? I wonder if I can get a, a little more out. I was hoping to, like, maybe talk about the history of my drug use. But maybe for another time. 
I mean, I, I did talk a good amount about it now. Alcohol was something that I never had an issue with. I I will never become an alcoholic. Yes, I did have seven seltzers last night, but that's, you know, that was me treating myself after a long hiatus without alcohol. I just, I just wanted to have a little party with myself. I get drunk by myself a lot. When I do get drunk, it's usually by myself. I will admit, though, uh, during when COVID first took place, I was getting drunk quite often at the beginning of it. I'm, I'm, I wonder. I've been drinking nothing but seltzers when I moved to Utah, but I feel like my, when I do drink them, I feel worse than when I drink beer. I wonder if there's something to that. Maybe I'll try beer again and see like if I have a more fun time. We'll see. I just don't want to get fat again. Had a nice swashy belly. But yeah. But alcohol, like I hate it. <laughs> it gets you drunk, but I've never acquired the taste of beer. Never. No one in Utah even knows what beer salt is. They're, they're always flabbergasted. Like, what? You put salt in beer? Like, yeah, dude, it's very common where I'm from. They don't even sell beer salt at the stores. I was kind of heartbroken. Even though I, I haven't been buying beer. But, yeah. This, I guess that's a good stopping point. Oh, goodness gracious, man. I'm tired. I need some food. I need to go work out. I haven't worked out. And I I really kind of stopped working out the last several weeks. Oh, boy. But, yeah. But I guess for an update on my move, I think it's happening. The only days I get doubtful are the days where I have to wake up really early and it's cold as hell. And I'm just picturing myself like waking up in my car at 4.45 in the morning and just being like, oh, God, I'm frozen. But if I move January, I'll, I'll be in an apartment all through January and all through February. Those are the coldest months. And come March, it'll probably... Hopefully the mornings will be, and like the high 30s or 40s, I can do that. Those are actually nice days for me. I can I can totally do 30 to 40 degrees. I just, I've been too used to this 19 degree weather and windy. It's the wind. That's what screws it all up. When wind is involved, it ruins it. It ruins it. But, yeah. Uh, I'll probably buy a storage place. I don't think I'll sell my things, at least not immediately. I'll find a place to put all of it. Because I do have a, a nice TV that I would like to hold on to if I can. But just have it in storage. And also, when I came up here, like I have a lot of things that I'm not going to sell. Like my like my backpacking gear and things like that. 
but it took up a lot of room in my car whenever I was sleeping out of it when I first moved up here, and that was annoying to just maneuver around it. So I'll probably put that in storage, and my guitar, oh, my old guitar, and my piano, and about my desks, maybe I'll get rid of my desk. There's a few things I can just throw away. I have a cabinet, a little dresser thing that I got for 15 bucks at the thrift store. It's a pretty good deal, but I could do without it. Just, that's where my clothes are, but if I'm living in my car... My clothes will be in a bag, a big old bag, and then I'll have an extra bag to put in my today clothes, and I'll go work out. I have a system. I I developed a system over time as I kept sleeping in my car, and I'll probably stick with it for the most part. There's a few things I'll probably switch up as I'm trying to make more room in my car. That'll be good. It'll, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm trying to think about it like... Do it for the story, you know? If not for for limiting your distractions in life and saving buttloads of money, do it for the story. You know, that's a that's a cool story to tell at a, at a cocktail party. Not that I ever get invited to cocktail parties, but if I ever did, I have a nice story. That's what people want. That's what people... Look for a good story. But, yeah. So, yeah, the goal is to maybe sleep in my car for two or three months, maybe, and then try to get a van after that. Some kind of sprinter van. Ooh, I'm excited. The hard part is just getting started. That's always the hard part with anything, right? Just anticipating it and having the stress of like, oh, is the storage going to be big enough? And how do I cancel? I got to go through this whole lease termination. And once that's all said and done, it, it'll be pretty damn easy. But I'll probably be contacting my landlord pretty soon to let her know about the big news. Um... Mom, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm doing it. I haven't told her yet. I don't know if she. I don't know if she's one of the ones who listens to this. I don't. I honestly don't know who listens to this podcast, except maybe I have a friend who listens to it. Other than that, that's I, everyone else is just who the hell are you? Who who is you? I got people from Ireland coming in, a few people from Germany. Like wow. Where'd, where'd you even find me? But, but yeah. That's the update, friends. And with that, I will come to a hold. Because I need to get this podcast out in the ether for you to listen to and enjoy. You can listen to my song when this ends. If I remember to attach it. Which I will. Ooh. I, I didn't burp that much during this episode. That's nice. I think after this one I have six episodes left, maybe. No, seven, seven, something like that. Less than ten. 
and then my challenge is over. And then after that, maybe I'll post once or twice a week. Definitely not every day. But if I post once or twice a week, that'll be that's a good balance. And I can have some locked and loaded in the chamber. That way I can kind of be so much easier to catch up and have five ready. So I'll have like two weeks to get a sixth one out there, things like that. But yeah, cool. Well, we're going to put a hold on this one and I'll get back to you tomorrow. All right. Later, guys. Peace.